Hello, good evening, friends. We meet again and welcome to our channel, Enabling Supply Chain Management. And tonight I will be the host. I'm Efrata from ESCM Indonesia, Enabling Supply Chain Management. And today we will talk about a very interesting topic, uh, which is um, very famous nowadays during this uh, pandemic situation. The topic is 4PL best practice, yeah. And we will have a guest speaker also tonight, uh, who is the uh, director of LLP Business Development and Consulting from DHL Singapore. And please welcome uh, Vanessa Zhu. Hello, good evening, Vanessa. How are you? Hi, good evening. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good also. And uh, you in Singapore, right? Right now. Yeah, I'm in Singapore. Okay, yeah, and yeah, because we know that the DHL is a, a global company uh, from Germany, and you are based in Singapore, right, Vanessa? Yes, as our regional office is in Singapore for APAC. Yeah, and thank you for um, sparing your time to have a conversation with us, and then sharing uh, knowledge tonight. And you will talk about the DHL mostly for, for for PL best practice right yeah that's right thank you yes happy to be here tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah thank you Vanessa so uh, as usually um, we will have um, interaction for engagement with the participant who join us tonight we will start uh, uh, like a little bit uh, workout yeah with the participant so uh, we will start with Mentimeter and our friend who join us tonight in our channel uh, please prepare your mobile phone or your uh, tablets ipad or browser in your computer and then you can go to menti.com www.menti.com and then uh, insert the code 627328 and then please answer one word about 4pl so when you hear about 4PL, what's come out, come out in your mind? Yeah, please tell us so we can um, have a live interaction. So once you have a, a word typing in the menti, so we can uh, see it in here. Yeah, please go to menti.com. Yeah, and then put one word about uh, 4PL. Is it uh, something coming? Yeah, logistics. Yeah, what do you think, Vanessa? Logistics warehouse. Yeah, I'm. Well, if I say something now, does it like giving directions to the people who is putting the words? So maybe I probably wait a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 It's okay. Yeah. Uh, someone so, put uh, efficiency also in here. Yeah. Nice. So using a four PL, so they think about efficiency. Yeah, Vanessa. So. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think all, all the keywords here are relevant to 4PL. So 4PL is typically a management of logistics that integrates different parts of logistics. <laughs> yeah, for example, ferry forwarding, international freight, domestic freight warehouses, uh, trucking, so all of all of the management of the logistic activities will be uh, managed through 4PL to thrive the efficiency uh, for the supply chain here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why someone put uh, expensive there. 
So, do you well, think four PL is expensive? I don't think so at all. <laughs> I think it's a bit of expensive because I think end supply chain management is um it's kind of fund, fund it's fundamental for any company mm. if you want to have a good uh, business uh, profitable business yeah. and yeah it's the equivalent the function or extension of the function of the supply chain management department in any company. So you don't need the function. It's just a matter of doing it in-house or doing it with a 4PR partner. And the the benefit of doing it with a 4PR partner is that with the expertise, they would look for optimization, cost reduction, uh, and improvement of performance through the supply chain mm. based on their own network. So it's in the way Uh, you would have achieved more cost savings and efficiency gains mm. through for PR partners rather than doing in-house. Mm. Yeah, so there are uh, much more the benefit you can get. Yeah, although the, of course there's a price you have to pay, but the benefit is more, right? Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with oh. that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in in my uh, experience of. Uh, partnering with my customers in 4PRs. We usually say that the, our 4PR team is self-funded because we typically the so the savings that generated by the 4PR team from their uh, logistics spend of the customer would be greater than what they spent on paying the 4PR service. Mm-hmm. So it's a self-funded model actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's an interesting model, yeah? Yeah, I hope you can um, discuss more in the details to share with our friends who maybe interesting to use the 4PL business model. Okay, yep, sure. They are uh, integration getting big. If more than one, two people uh, typing the same words, then the word will growing yeah? uh, bigger than another. So integration maybe like uh, two or three people already say about this. Uh, yeah. Do you agree? Integration is a uh, 4PL. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a very key uh, uh, point for for PR business because I think all of you, being the mm. supply chain professional, you all have experience about different IT systems and working with different partners, different logistic providers. Mm. So none of those systems are talking to each other. And of course, now the carriers are integrated with each other. So the integration with multiple parties that any supply chain that is involved with is the key word here. Yeah, that's that's. Oh yeah. I totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good friends. You put a very good keywords. Yeah. Integration. <laughs> <laughs> B2B. Okay. B2B. Yeah. Is it um, only for B2B or can? Can be another form of the relationship, Vanessa. Um, well, as 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 a examples from my part of business is mostly B 2 B because I think it's the nature of a business run by DHL. DHL is majority of B 2 B logistic company. Maybe that's the reason why um, we did had one solution built in Europe for. A, uh, I think Adidas or Nike, one of the fashion industry company for their B2C model and combining with the e-commerce solution. So it's omni-channel solution 
for B2B and B2C with different channels. That, so what, in a way that it's possible to run uh, for PR for the B2C business as well, but most commonly B2B because mm. uh, it still needs a certain level of business spent, logistics spent and the complexity of the supply chain mm. in order to, to really gain benefit out from for PR. If it's a straightforward, simple uh, logistic model, then mm. I think the real value of optimization from a for PR, it might not be uh, very suitable. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mostly it's a B2B. Eh? That's why I don't see any B2C appear here. <laughs> okay, yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, I will show some chat from our friend. Maybe we can uh, say hello as well tonight. Um, from Wahyu Jatmiko, um, good evening, uh, Pak Wahyu, and then um, Krisnov Fajaris. Okay, uh, good evening, Pak Krisnov and Pak Fajar. Good evening. Um, yeah, I believe you know Pak Fajar, right, Vanessa? <laughs> Hello, Fajar. How are you doing? <laughs> okay, and then um, there, um, Pak Selamat Leo. Yeah, good evening, Pak. And then Pak Suryo Prasetya, good evening. Okay, uh, I think we can uh, start now, yeah, Vanessa, because we already spent okay. like uh, uh, 10 minutes in this um, uh, menti.com. So, friends, if you still want to put more words, uh, you are welcome to fill in in the in the menti.com, yeah. And then um, Vanessa will start the presentation, and of course, yeah, like usually. If you have any questions, you can just type in the chat box just beside the view in the YouTube channel. You can type the chat your questions. Yeah, uh, we appreciate if you can chat in the English. But if you uh, want to have a question using Indonesian, it's still okay. Yeah, don't hesitate to ask a question. I can translate it to Vanessa. Uh, so we will have a very interactive uh, discussion tonight. Yeah, please welcome to uh, put any questions if you have. Then we will discuss it after the presentation from Vanessa. Okay, um, I will start the uh, presentation PowerPoint right now, and then yeah, it's already uh, prepared. And then Vanessa, um, the time is yours to do the presentation and sharing the knowledge. Thank you. Uh, please to continue. Okay. Thank you, Danny. Uh, hello, everybody in the chat and in the call and watching this. So welcome to the session. And I hope that I could uh, bring you some uh, uh, knowledge or information that is useful for you today. Um, just like what Danny mentioned, post any questions. Uh, It'd be very interesting to have your questions, then I'm sure I'll give you uh, some answers about it. Uh, let's maybe get started with the, with the presentation I have prepared. So the 4PL business in DHL world, it's called the Lead Logistic Partner Service. So we, uh, in short, it's LLP. Um, I think there was one slide explaining the difference between uh, LLP and 4PR and the 3PR you, uh, in, the, in the later stage. And I think by opening the presentation will be 
I think uh, as a supply chain professional that we all facing different challenges now, especially now with the COVID. Even before that, we have the dynamic market. Uh, there is a risk management requirement on the market and the reliability, variability, visibilities and multiple carriers, multiple partners, relationship management with the partners. So all of those challenges are typical challenges that any supply chain would be facing in the market. And that's why the full PL or LRP layer that to manage different um, partners within the end-to-end -end supply chain, it's critical. And when you go to the next slide, you'll be able to say that what we mentioned just now in the introduction that um, it's not an expensive model because LRP is typically focusing on driving the values for the supply chain. So here are the examples that you can see that some of the uh, things we've achieved for our customers. For example, typical, typical performance uh, improvement or savings generated for the customers will be the directly in the direct spend in cash. Um, we typically de deliver about 12 to 15% of, of logistics spend savings with the, with the customer who manages with uh, under LRP business model. And uh, the indirect savings will be the delivery lead time reduction, the data accuracy in the system, because LRP will be acting as one uh, single of truth connected with different systems and different carriers, different partners to present a centralized database for the customer to make uh, decisions of their supply chain rapidly and also that one of the way um, one of the key design function that in LRP will be to do the supply chain network optimization to determine if you enter a new market where will be the best location for your warehouse uh, what will be the route of the freight and the trucking uh, arrangement and also one for the existing network and it could be optimized with a uh, different number of warehouses or the network of optimization that's another area where the LP are looking after um, then in the next slide, I think we have our definition on LRP. So in my personal view, I think LRP is a partnership between the between the logistic provider, in this case, DHL, uh, with the customer. So this team of LRP will be acting as extension of a customer supply chain department and to, to to provide the visibility, to optimize the end-to-end -end supply chain, and to reduce overall cost of the cost to serve in the company. Um, in the graph, I think it explains the different models of uh, 3PL and 4PL. So, uh, I can't really see here, but <laughs> um, typically what we say about 4PL, I think all of you have rightfully put in the one word in the beginning of the uh, the session is that this is a management layer. It's not operation of the 3P operation. It manages the, uh, the truckings, the warehouse, the international freight, but it's not exactly has to be the person or the company who carries out with the operation. 
So as you see on the on the right uh, far right side of the bar, that LRP all for PL it's more closer to the the company's business strategy. So what we typically in the company what we would recommend for the company to have would be of course every company have their business strategy. And then they will need to cascade that down into the supply chain strategy. And then with the supply chain strategy, that would include things like manufacturing and uh, other elements. And those will also need to be cascaded down into logistics supply chain, uh, logistics strategy, which is to be managed by Tropial, uh, LLP. Uh, the difference between Tropial and LLP is there is no difference. <laughs> Only the, that because LRP is a service provided by DHL, so there are cases where the customer is already using the 3PL business or services from DHL. For instance, we could provide warehouse operation for the customer or uh, trucking services or international freight. In that um, example, if the customer wants us to provide also full PR business, and then in this case, it's not a pure full PR partner because the operation is also run by the same company. So it's kind of a hybrid mixed model of a full PR and three PR. And so we give them a name as LRP. I think that's the only difference between LRP and full PR. But then LRP also, we can also provide pure full PR business without any uh, DHL three PR services which is going to be a complete neutral commercial agreement. Um, there, we have a video here that I think have a very good explanation, illustrates how the LLP of OPL uh, process works. Maybe we can play the video. Thanks, David. Businesses today face multiple challenges. How to best support customers' multi-channel needs as product life cycles continue to shrink how to grow new markets while minimizing risk and staying resilient. How to increase business value in the face of increasing market competition. Meeting these challenges often means transforming your supply chain. However, it's difficult to manage change and improve performance if you don't have a clear view of your operations or have the right data or internal resources to help. And delivering this type of change by yourself can be complex, extremely expensive, and resource challenging. In the past, you might have turned to consultants or IT specialists to help, but now, with the global leader in logistics, there's a better way. We can join forces with you to become your lead logistics partner, or LLP. As your partner, we work to transform your supply chain and act as a catalyst for change, leaving you to focus on your core business and strategy. By leveraging our global LLP experience across all industry sectors and geographies, we will help design, manage, operate, continuously improve and transform your supply chain. As every business is unique, we start by listening to gain a better understanding of your organization's objectives and challenges. We combine these learnings with our expertise and industry know-how to design a flexible supply chain solution that's tailored to your needs. Then, utilizing our expert team, we implement and manage the new approach, working with you to procure the best providers for your business and introduce new processes. To operate the plan on a day-to-day -day basis, 
we employ our network of control towers that provides end-to-end -end visibility and control over your entire supply chain. But the change does not stop there. Our team works tirelessly to enhance performance and drive a culture of continuous improvement. With this fresh input, we design and implement improvements that lead to a transformed supply chain. Managed through our proven change management tools to ensure a successful outcome every time. By combining our supply chain expertise and technology with the right operators, we can deliver increased visibility, flexibility and control across your supply chain, leading to improved performance in every market. With DHL's lead logistics partner, you have a safe pair of hands to drive transformational change and a partner motivated to reduce your costs and unlock new value in your supply chain. Um, yeah. Just a simple, uh, well, briefly <laughs> mentioned about what the DHL is doing. So here is an illustration of our global footprint where we have our customers in all the regions and multiple countries, I think 70 countries, I can't really tell. So I think um, from DHL perspective, the power of the LRP model, it also comes with our global footprint. Because of the global setup of the company, we can easily reach, have the coverage of any part of the world where the business might interact with. So that's one of the things that uh, we are um, proud of. <laughs> um, then the next slide, we have some key numbers of the scope that we manage now. We are managing now more than 3 billion uh, logistics spent under the LRP business model with more than 70 uh, customers. Um, you can see here that it cross in different logistic types, uh, roads and air and ocean and warehouse, etc. is a very integrated LRP business model. I think that give a very good overview of how the LRP process model works. And it has been supported by a series of different IT systems or together we call it IT platform, um, which uh, I think you will appreciate that any of the functions that uh, it, it covered within the LRP model wouldn't be having one system to manage all of it. It's simply impossible. Or at the moment, so far, there is no such system exists in the market. I think I should put it this way. So we, in our experience, that uh, we typically um, segment the supply chains into the inbound to manufacturing part and uh, manufacturing finished goods a distribution and fulfillment and service logistics. So we have uh, four typical categories or segments of supply chain that could uh, apply different sets of solutions and specialties into that. So LP is basically acting as a middle layer between the company's supply chain with the all the other 3PR logistics providers. Okay. 
Uh, we can move to the next. Again, I, I think we could all appreciate that in order to achieve the great benefit of our business model, it requires usually the technology, the IT systems, the operational excellence, which is the process, and then talent is the people, and value creation is the experiences, the best practices, and the people all together. So at the bottom line, in order to successfully manage any supply chain, you need people, you need process, you need IT system support, and you need experiences from all of those people to drive the value creation, the cost saving and optimization. So with those foundations, as we call key in numberless, that would be able to drive the strategic value and the financial values for the company to achieve the business strategy that the company set out to do, to have a profitable business and to uh, produce cost savings from logistic aspect. In, in the next slide, we will be able to see the IT platform. So as you see here, we use Oracle Transport Management as a backbone, which, uh, which is where we have the central data sits into. But this transport management system is not enough to, uh, to realize all the different functionalities that we would like to have. And therefore, we actually selected or some of the best practices of software in the, in the market that provided into it connects into the TMS and to achieve the functionalities that we want. Like we have uh, from the left to right, we have the order portal, which typically does the PO management. Uh, the PO management. It's a very uh, clever cloud-based portal where the customers or the supplier, whoever, wants to place an order or whoever needs to confirm an order, you can input all the information into it and then that order information will be automatically come back to the transport management system and shared with different carriers. So that solves the problem, like typically, for example, I've met customers that the uh, they only know what the customer order is until they receive the product or uh, in, into the doorstep. Like I was working with this uh, many, maintain, um, MRO company for aerospace. So they, they receive the parts to be repaired for the customers, but they don't have any visibility about the incoming orders. They only realize what are the next order that they need to schedule for the production is the time when they already receive the parts arriving at the manufacturing site. And then they have to do the urgent production or uh, productions planning. So because of the lack of visibility of the incoming orders, all the orders become urgent orders. And then you would imagine that how much of that would disrupt the rest of the supply chain in that company. So I think with the simple tool that the key to achieve with that is, is the visibility. That's all we want. We can use that, we can use other tools for that, but then I think the POS or the order, order management and order visibility, it's uh, the fundamental element for any supply chain to do the planning and the rest of the work to carry on with it. Um, the second left box, we have intro, transforming. Those are typically the carrier integration softwares. They are few platform out in the market where 
the like Intro is an ocean-free carrier integration platform. Uh, you can have all the different car ocean-free carriers update the milestones, receiving orders, etc. And UiPath is a uh, RPA. It's a robotic process automation software we use for the freight bill audit process. Um, because the TMS is backbone of uh, any database, so we have all the rates of different carriers, the, all the orders for the shipments in the system, and we know exactly what happened for each of the order. So the LP team would be the best to tell what would be the correct amount for each of the shipments that the customer should be paying for the carriers. And then there is this function called free bill audit process. And because it's um, the, the process is basically that the, the system calculates the correct amount based on all the agreed recall with the customer with the carrier, and the carrier would send their invoices into the team, and then the, the system would do the comparison if to make sure and confirm the carrier's invoice are correct. They build to the right uh, partner, they build the, the right product and the right rate and right amount of money that they need to pay. So the, the robotic process automation software that we use, we simulate those boxes to automate some of the comparison. They extract the information from the PDF invoices, compare with the system generated uh, invoices information, and the rec provide recommendations if this is correct, this is not. So, uh, that's, that's a functionality that we do. And uh, R360, Resilience 360, this is a risk monitoring software. You, you receive the live feed from all global different sources. We have over 500 sources, uh, like information like that there is a strike in some of the ports, there is an earthquake, um, there is a public holidays happening in some of the countries. Um, then there is a COVID-19, for example, during this COVID-19 case that we have utilized that uh, really greatly relying on it because every country have the new regulations posting almost every day. And in, in 32, 36 hours or 24 hours, some of the cities, they will be locked down and there is no logistic movement in and out and uh, which services will be quite, quite categorized as essential. So all of those um, the regulation and the decisions that made in countries would have an impact in the global logistics and those information of changes would uh, come into the system as alert and then the planners would be aware of what are the operations that is still viable, which operation that is not, then we need to find alternative solution. Uh, so that's our risk monitoring system. And then we have a Power BI for the visibility dashboard and then my supply chain has a digital portal where the customer would log into that. They don't need to go into all the rest of the system because that's no use for them, right? The customer just need to know what are the key KPIs, what are the performance and what's the shipments and those are resigned in the my supply chain portal. Um, yeah, let's look at the video. I think the video explains uh, how the TMS connects all different elements of supply chain. Okay, I hope that gives you a good understanding. And here on the slide is some of the examples of our customers, what we have achieved with them together, like the Ford. We've been working together for 20 years and uh, some other companies with great achievements. And I have a video here with the 
JCB process? I think the like some of the challenges that JCB have uh, mentioned in the video, like uh, the, number, the 800 plus number of suppliers, uh, 26 different countries, 79,000 of parts going into the manufacturing plants. I think they present their complexity of the supply chain and uh, standardized and integrated solution to manage the end-to-end -end supply chain will be critical for the company. Shall we move to the next session? I think this is the end of the first part of the session today. And with the rest of uh, 20 minutes also, that I would like to talk about how IRP manages the COVID-19 uh, strategies for the supply chains. I think uh, I've taken from a from some consulting studies. Uh, I'm not sure if you have seen this. I think it's probably from McKinsey or one of the big uh, consulting firms that they've summarized the COVID-19 trends and the impact on the supply chain. Uh, the biggest one will be the cost efficiency given that uh, we have going through this COVID-19 of uh, non-active <laughs> supply chain for over half a year and multiple, a lot of the business and supply chains get their impacts. And with the impact in the business bottom line, top line, that the cost savings will be uh, becoming one of the critical elements that companies are looking at. Uh, we are experiencing, especially from the industry like automotive, uh, energy, oil and gas, and some of the heavy equipment machinery companies that they do take a bigger heat uh, compared to some other rest of the industry. And another one, other trend would be like agile, a resilient supply chain. And people will take a fresh air to look into how resilient the supply chain is. The risk management now is another hot topic for the supply chains. I think in the past that we've talked about risk management, but there is always the trade-off between risk management and cost, overall cost. So usually that more uh, risk resilient supply chain will requires a little bit less cost efficiency. But given the biggest impact that we are facing now with COVID-19, I think the balance of if you go for cost saving or if you go for agile, that will need to be re-evaluated. So uh, we will be able to take a step back from going to the extreme cost saving supply chain rather than making it resilient. And digitalization is, has been uh, trending for the past few years. We have all realized that how we, uh, the world is moving into digitalized space. But with COVID-19, with everybody working from home, that has become an extra push into this drive for the supply chain to really digitalize itself. And visibility that have been proven during the COVID-19 situation is the key for any decision making. Without the visibility of what is happening in the market, in the supply chain, and there is uh, harder or greater challenges in managing our supply chain during the crisis period. And another trend for the pandemic response is all to the crisis management. And we, we actually manage the COVID-19 testing, testing kit supply chain 
for Singapore government in Singapore. So we have first hand, luckily, <laughs> we have the first hand experience to to uh, to say that how the pandemic supply chain looked like. Um, we were involved in the global computation of uh, multiple countries feeding on the essential testing COVID testing kits from a few suppliers. So basically that countries are just placing orders regardless of what's the demand because if you don't do that then the stock will be gone by the next day. Uh, that's just the, just the facts that happened during the COVID-19 situation. Uh, I'll be happy to share more if you're interested in that. And uh, the next trend is the merchant acquisition with some of the companies facing challenges in cash flow, there will be more possibility of merchant acquisition coming out from this crisis. And last but not least, e-commerce. We all experienced e-commerce going growing during the period. Like myself, for instance, I buy everything online now. I'm not going even to the supermarket because uh, I have been locked down for half a year. Uh, so all of the trends that have an impact in how the supply chain would be managed after we get out from COVID-19. So uh, in our view that we have, we, we, the supply chain professionals need to look at a COVID-19 recovery strategy. And in the short term, it will be crisis management uh, because no need for saying, right? We, we all understand that during the past half a year that we all try to uh, firefight and make sure that the product comes in and goes out uh, with, uh, with feasible ways because there are times that the logistics has been hot. There is no, not much activities was happening. And there are times that the demand drastically changed ups and downs. And that all comes into the crisis management category. How do we deploy resources to support the increase in some areas of demand? And how do we manage the redundant or in the better words, um, extra resources that we have to put it in uh, a more value creating areas of the supply chain. And if we look at the medium and long term of the recovery strategy, that would uh, come back to again, what the key uh, value was that to build the end to end supply chain management, to build end to end visibility to continue drive for cost savings across the supply chain and build a resilient and supply chain with better risk management. I have an example from how we have managed for our customer, our big customer during the COVID-19 time uh, in the following slides. Oh. I was jumping. Ah, okay, so the, I think based on some of the videos and the presentation that you've seen so far, that the key functionalities that the LRP does is the control towers manage different carry, different parts of the supply chain, integrate different parts of the supply chain, and manage different partners and communicate with all parties to make sure the visibility is there, communication is done 100%, and decisions could be made. Uh, quickly based on the numbers and data and the facts that we have about the supply chain. And 
that gives therapy a, in the better position to respond into uh, the COVID recovery in short term with managing crisis or the long term to improve the resilience of the end-to-end -end supply chain. Um, next slide would be the case study that I was mentioning. So this is a global customer that we have in the technology industry. And what we do, we manage the global um, spare parts supply chain. So as you see on the map, it's a, it's a good coverage. And uh, in the next slide, we'll be showing that some of the functionalities that we do here. So their challenge was basically that they had too, way too many 3PLs. They have the different 3PL partners in every single country that they, they have business with. And if you remember the map, that's uh, quite a lot number of countries. And because it's a spare part, which a uh, spare part for the like products like servers and everything, the service requirement is extremely high. Usually the spare part needs to be delivered to the site within two hours maximum. So they really need fast response supply chain and uh, a high performance service level performance carriers to help them to deliver, to fulfill the customer orders when things are broken down, when there is a need of repair and switch swap. So there, the challenges were typically the challenges for a global company with uh, without the end-to-end -end management, that there are too many partners to be managed across the supply chain and the high demand in service levels, which requires a high level of planning, forecasting and coordination, and which needs a high level of visibility in the network of where the parts are and where the demand are and how do we best supply the parts to the nearest the location of the demand point. And also it requires the highest level of data accuracy to know exactly what are the SKUs in which location at the exact time. So uh, we came in and provided the solution to tackle with all the challenges that they were facing. And the result being that we've been working with them for over five years now, and um, uh, we have improved the service level uh, from 70% of meeting the target to uh, above 90%. And um, next slide will be what we did during COVID. So in APAC, there are 15 countries in APAC scope and 121 sites. Uh, with some sites here means the warehouse where they have stock keeping uh, locations. Um, then when the COVID first hit in APAC, it started out from China and then slowly to the rest of the countries in APAC, the countries start, started lockdown one by one. And um, we, I remember that at the time when uh, Singapore locked down and then they closed border with Malaysia and all the warehouse workers are actually Malaysian traveling to Singapore. So the, all the warehouses were having a crisis of not having enough manpower to continue operating. And that's just one example of the crisis. And also another example in India, 
I think for over one month and a half, there are no warehouses that are allowed to operate in India. So we need to find a solution in how we can resume the operation because the machines are still working, especially now that everybody working from home, there are even more requirements for the machines to be functioning, uh, no breakdown and uh, fast repair if there is any situation. So what the what the LRP team did is that they formed a, a COVID-19 work task force. Um, then they lay out a work plan by country by country. Uh, each country have the representatives to be part of the task force. And then they monitor the situation uh, with, within the operations. And in the next slide, you will be able to say that the, they formed the business community in different layers so for for example on the top they have the they produce the global overview report um and there are weekly business continuity status update to the regional customer stakeholders and they're at the country level the country lp provide daily updates in areas of operations where the warehouse and domestic and transport are so we have a global regional country at all levels, full coverage of uh, uh, activities carried out by, by the uh, COVID-19 task force. And the next slides is, next two slides actually would be some examples of the dashboard that people create, the team created for COVID-19. Like in here, you will see a global uh, view of the warehouse status, how many status, how many warehouses that are still operating, how many warehouses are not operating due to different reasons in the countries and which are forecasted to be operating in the next week and how many of them are halfly operating with a reduced volume. So that's one of the examples of the dashboard. And then the next one is a, a overview of the, yeah, the number of warehouses that is forecasted to resume operation in the next week and next month. And uh, we uh, we have been getting very good feedbacks, and because of the, the what the team have done for this customer, that they are still being able to operate through difficult times. Uh, another example happened was that there was a shipment coming from Netherlands to China. Suppose uh, they have sh already shipped out from Amsterdam ports to to Shanghai. But then uh, at the time, China, when, when the shipment is in the sea, China have locked down the port operation. So the parts cannot uh, go to anywhere after it arrived in Shanghai. But then the, the, the site who ordered the port is actually in north part of China. So they have to find a way to move the part from Shanghai to uh, Tianjin, the north part of China, without any logistic operating within the country. So the team were really uh, getting creative and thinking about different ways to route if there is a by sea, by barge and by trucking. So finally, they have requested the, um, before they ship out the part in, in, in Amsterdam, that they ship to a different port instead of a, a region port. Uh, yeah, I think roughly that was a story. <laughs> a lot of... Uh, communications go into that. Uh, okay. Um, the, 
I think I still have uh, two slides. Yeah, right. This one is another example that I mentioned briefly earlier, that it's a supply chain that we managed for Singapore government, uh, not government, roughly. So it's a Singapore government task force to bring in COVID-19 uh, machines and equipment and test kits and masks and all the, all the consumable products that is needed to fight the COVID. Uh, then the company, they start, th this, this team started working on it and they started with six, five suppliers because at the time, I think just you just buy from whenever the supply is available and make, make, find a way to ship it into the country. Uh, as other one, they started managing the supply chain, they realized that they need some help from professionals because they can't manage it. Uh, because um, depends on where the products are coming from. All those are medical, uh, pharma grade products. In for, first challenge was the storage. So we, we are managing the storage and but then the storage challenge are like uh, the product consists of minus 20 degree frozen, minus 70 degree extreme frozen and to ambience uh, and also to air condition the 2 to 15 degree all different requirements with a mix of products and also they have explosive products. Um, yeah, really, I think the testing kit is quite a complicated thing. <laughs> That's from my experience with this company. Um, so they have very complex requirement for the storage and hence that those requirements need to be also fulfilled and carried out during the international shipments and trucking when they move the product from the suppliers into Singapore. And if any of the requirements are not met, and then those test kits, uh, testing kits will not be working properly. As you would imagine, that would result in false diagnosis and all the bad consequences that country do not want to have. So it really uh, requires careful management about, about the supply chain end to end and also the documentations and customer clearances are another challenge that they are facing given the nature of the product. So they engaged uh, us in managing them end to end. So we do, we we help them to coordinate with all the suppliers to make sure that each product uh, we understand what's the requirement in logistic handling from the suppliers and to make sure that along the way of the supply chain when it moves into the country those requirements are met and schedule with the suppliers to schedule the deliveries and to for, for each of the PO how many deliveries that we need to schedule, how do we break down the volume and when should they ship it out. And then we also arrange with the uh, courier services or air freight services to, to make sure that uh, the, air, uh, the air transport is available for the products to come in on time. And also that based on the testing plans that the Singapore government is carrying out in the country, that we do the demand supply balancing and check with all the available inventory and in incoming inventories based on uh, and how much can we meet the, the planned testing requirements in the future, in the next month. Um, and uh, in the next slide that we have built up a very quick, uh, simple visibility portal. It's uh, Power BI based. 
most of the data input into this is actually manual with Excel because we didn't have time to really build a statistic uh, system into it, but then, except the TMS, which is linked to the domestic delivery. Um, then the, just to quickly capture all the key information about the POs, like suppliers, how much the PO have fulfilled, and how, how what was the uh, monetary value that the PO represents and the logistics spend is, and the track countries of the other status where they are, and track countries of the inventory status where they are, because we now have three different inventory locations in the country, and to connect the POs to the shipments, to the inventory, and to the deliveries, final deliveries, uh, to present a true end-to-end -end visibility with a very simple solution. So this is a Excel plus Power BI solution. Nothing uh, complicated about it, but it's fast uh, deployed, which was the requirement at this difficult time. Um, I think with this, that concludes my session of sharing, and uh, let's ha look at the questions, shall we, if any. Okay, yeah. Thank you, Vanessa, for the uh, brief presentation, and then that is uh, very interesting, because um, if I heard from you, if you are using the LLP from uh, DHL, it means we just know everything is done and everything is uh, already uh, complete, right? Including the infrastructure, including the uh, software. So the LLP basically provide uh, more benefit yeah, to the uh, company who using the uh, LLP business from you. Yeah, I think if you, if you remember the IT platform page that I showed, um, so far that I haven't seen one software in the market that will be able to fulfill all the requirements that managing end-to-end -end supply chain need. Um, it, it, it has to be a, a few different softwares linked together to be managed. And the DHL strategy is that we're not building any softwares, we're not using one software, we are looking out in the market and see where and who has the best software that meets the requirement then we integrate into our uh, central TMS. So that's the strategy that we do. Yeah. Uh, okay, we have uh, some questions in here. Uh, good evening, Pak Suryo. And thank you for the questions. This is a question uh, for Vanessa uh, from Pak yeah. Suryo. Uh, could you explain more about operational risk management in Resilient 360? Yeah. Um, well, Resilient 360. The the it's a, a another topic for a lot of uh, things that we can share. But okay, briefly, um, it's a portal that collects the live feed from five hundred more plus sources, reports incidents happened in the uh, in your network. So basically what we do is that we, when we have a customer using the software, we would map the knots, uh, the locations and sites of the, of the customer into the system, including all the ports, the warehouse locations, production sites, and their supplier locations as well. So all of those locations related to the supply chain of the customer will be in the system. And if there is anything happens within a certain radium of uh, 
of, of choice. So there are parameters to be set. It's maybe within the city or within 500 kilometers, things like that. So within the range that could have impact to those locations of the supply chain would receive a automatic alert every day or live whenever there is something happens. Um, things that could have, and then for each of the alerts that the system would rate in a way that how much is the impact. Like we give a rating, uh, if it's a strike uh, like in the next city that would have maybe a low strike, a low rating, but if it's strike in the port itself, it would just stop all the operation, it will have a high rating of impact. So all the high rating of impact will be shared with the LP team and the LP team would need to take actions. Uh, in solving the problem, if we, this port is not going to be able to ship, uh, make the ship, have the shipments out, then we might need to uh, alternatively track the products into a different port and ship out from there. So that's the things that the LP team do, need to look at based on the risk alert from Resilient 360. And also the system will provide ETAs for the uh, shipments the predictive ETAs based on the different um, alerts that they collect. If the vessel shipping from Europe into Asia and then the estimated arrival ETA would be maybe in seven days, but however, there's something happens, if there is any risk, if there is tsunami, if there is a tornado, if there is a weather condition that impact potentially impact on that vessel and the predicted ETA will be reflected and send an alert while saying this shipment will potentially be late. So that, that kind of things. Hmm. I hope that answers you. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a, it's a good feasibility yeah, for the LFA teams and both of the customers as well. Yeah. Uh, we hope it can answer Pak <laughs> Suryo questions. And then this is a, a question from Fajaris to uh, Vanessa. A quick question. Yes, Pak. A question is quick, but the answer might be not, not uh, quick, yeah, Pak. <laughs> so, friends, if you have any questions, just typing in the chat box. Uh, this is a very uh, quick way to to communicate with us, yeah, uh, with this channel. Uh, the question for Vanessa is, uh, how does DHL manage transformation and change management in particular project with the client? Right, uh, very good question. So, that I think change management, in my view, that comes into two different uh, phases. The first phase is when we start the engagement or partnership uh, with the customer as LRP. So that's typically a project management plus change management because it typically that when, uh, when a company engage LRP service, they will need to have a lot of change management within the company because some of the functionalities that the LRP does is actually uh, exists, maybe exist in the company already. So it would be potentially a transfer from the customer's organization into the LP organization. And also that the functionalities that the LP team would do, and then you would free up the time of the customer's organization. They might be able to redeploy them to do something else. So there, there needs to be very clear service level agreement or, and the roles and responsibility agreement between the LP team and the customer's organization to list down exactly who does what, who's uh, what's the roles and responsibilities for each of the team members from the customer and for our side. So that's 
uh, that's part of the project management as well as the change management because we need to uh, really manage the transition of the company and the people in the company to adopt the RP service and make use of it so that they would be able to drive the max of the value out from that. So I think that's the first phase of the change management. And the second phase of change management, I think that Fajia may be referring to is how do you manage the continuous improvement and the continuous transformation of the customer's supply chain. And in that, uh, we have a very defined value creation process that the team follows. So usually that there would be based on the data analysis that we have in the ARP team. In, in the whole supply chain. And then we will have apply some analysis and uh, some insights to identify where could potentially be the area that we could uh, deliver some cost savings and then derive into a list of uh, initiatives that the team can implement for the customer to improve the different area of the supply chains. Uh, it's a kind of like a consulting phase so based on the HL's um, expertise, the team will analyze and create ideas about what are the initiatives that can apply to the customer. And those initiatives would, would be reviewed together with the customer and to say if the customer think that is uh, feasible to implement or if they have uh, the interest in implement or they think that the benefit is reasonable and the benefit is good enough for them to implement and then we will create the project charter. The project charter will be reviewed and agreed by both DHL and the customer team and then once that is uh, agreed and validated then we will need to create a uh, project team from both RP team and the customer's team then to detail the charter one into a charter to a that's our terminology, basically the brief project charter versus the detailed project charter and to list it down uh, the timeline of what are the things need to be done to create value for the customer and uh, who are the people that need to evolve for this initiative specifically and uh, that we also need to be signed off and validated by both customer and DHL and then the, we will have a project manager to make sure that the initiatives are implemented. And um, the motivation factor is also that in a lot of customers that we have gain share commercial models. So what if we produce the um, product, uh, the cost savings greater than certain uh, threshold that we set, and uh, there usually the savings will be shared with uh, DHL for a certain percentage. So that's also one of the KPIs that the team is monitoring every on a daily, weekly basis. And at the end of the year, we need to review if everything have achieved the targets uh, as part of the relationship and the performance review with the customer. So I think all of that defined process help in the um, continuous transformation and change management with the customer. Wow, this a very uh, complete answer, yeah. So there are a lot of experience, also, of course, yeah. The HL already uh, doing in the business, and 
this is not an experiment ya, yeah. this is an experience. <laughs> so um, don't worry for the change management um, based on the answer from Vanessa, everything already handled and their uh, very structured um, way to do the change management. And this is a second question from Fajaris uh, to Vanessa. Uh, I was being a partner with JHL Logistic for years ago. Challenges for most 4PL in Indonesia is about truck availability in peak season such as Lebaran, SDHL don't have own truck. What do you think? So this is a, a common problem maybe, yeah, Vanessa. So because in the peak season yeah. the truck is uh, disappear. <laughs> so what yeah, do you think? Yeah, the availability of the truck. Yeah, I I think that is truly a challenge as until today that is still a challenge <laughs> uh, so we recently have a lrp business in indonesia with the pc cousins i don't know if you know about the company uh, it's uh, one of our new customer and then what the team did was that because we because indonesia domestic trucking uh indonesia supply chain company Indonesia, DHL supply chain company, one of the DHL division company basically, who does all the trucking and manages the truckings uh, in, in Indonesia. They already have customers like uh, PMJ, Unilever, and all the consumer products. And their solution for the new customer on board was that we can do, we can co-share the load of the trucks because typically with PNG Unilever, or I'm, I'm kind of sharing business secrets now, but don't record, don't quote me on that. We usually uh, have, we usually engage with the trucking companies in different ways. Sometimes we do a lot of contract, uh, or we do a fixed trucks, or we do a shared truck. So there are different commercial ways that we manage the trucking company uh, with one customer that we might not be able to require for dedicated trucks all the time because the rates are too high. But as DHL, we're able to consolidate loads from different customers if we see the routes are fit. And then we can engage with dedicated trucks to make sure that we get the truck available. And then we we pull the loads from different customers into the trucks. So that's an uh, advantage of having multiple customers comparing to you if you are just one customer and manage it by yourself. Mm-hmm. But then it's still a challenge. <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the answer, Vanessa. And this is a new question from Pak Slamet Leo. In 4PL, the time sensitivity is very important. How DHL control the uncertainty clearance time in clearance time to achieve accurate ETA, estimate time arrival. Yeah, that's also a very good question. Um, again, I think it comes back to the experience. Because of the global coverage that DHL has, we basically deal with a custom in almost all the countries. So we know the process and how long it takes from a practical practice of that specific country. And then we would always have a better estimate comparing to uh, someone who doesn't have done the business with. Yeah. But that's another real challenge, like uh, countries in Indonesia. (laughs) It's uh, often uncertain, yeah. Yeah, although you already mentioned about the, uh, like a TMS or like a, a software, yeah, for the feasibility of the estimate time arrival, But of course, still a challenge to make sure the ETA is uh, on time 
on the right thread. Yeah. Okay. Another, another point, sorry, another point for the customer clearance is the key is documentation. Mm. So the, the team, LRP team would make sure each of the transaction, each of the shipment have the full and complete and correct documentation because every single mistake from any of one of the documents would delay the process by days. That's what we don't want. So I think the pre, uh, the preactive control of the accuracy of documentation is the key here. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, the document one one document is not complete, then it will make the whole process become delay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we hope Pak Selamat Leo uh, the, the question already answered by Vanessa, and this is a new questions from Pak Bangsawan. Thank you for the questions. In 4PL system, customers often have many requirements and they also need many logistics schemes for further selections in patch 1. And then in the patch 2, because of the burden caused by the corresponding operating conditions, it is important for the solutions to obtain a modest computation. How about your opinion about this case? Thank you. Uh, this is from Bang Sawan. Yeah, any comments regarding this, um, Vanessa? I'm not sure if I fully understood the question. So you are saying that uh, I, is it is is this the question about the standard service uh, offering compared to customization of specific customer requirements? Mm, yeah, I think. Uh, The question is uh, about your opinion regarding the uh, modus computation. Yeah, I mean the solution maybe yeah? the solution because you mentioned about the uh, modus computer software something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So um, I we acknowledge that every customer have different requirements, and so the LRP service is actually a very flexible service. So we have the key elements and the key functionalities that offers, but for example, the PO management and uh, with the auto portal, which one of the system that I explained, that's completely optional. That if the the auto management is not critical for certain companies, and then we don't even include that into the solution. Um, yeah, so it's very customizable not very customizable to a certain extent to cater the requirements. And usually the process is that we would, uh, we, we would uh, produce a solution based on our understanding with the customer to exactly uh, address the requirements and then align with the customer if this is what they want, if they want to add more or less or reduce, and then we look at the price and then into agreement of exactly what we both understand the same thing. So it's not um, it's, it's not like a system that is already there and everybody gets into the system, get exactly the same thing. It's not exactly like that. Um, yeah. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, because you already mentioned also the system is uh, a lot of uh, variety, yeah? like uh, from the yeah. TMS system. And then you also mentioned about the Excel base with its uh, Power BI, right? So. Uh, this is a uh, not mandatory <laughs> yeah uh, but based on the customer also yeah and this yeah. is uh, from Pak Fajaris many thanks Vanessa for a clear answer yeah I think uh, Thank you. 
yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, that's all yeah from our friend Vanessa for tonight and we already like uh, uh, 20 minutes uh, more than one hour. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um maybe uh, the last uh, words from you. I mean the um for before we close this session, Vanessa, any comments? Yeah, sure. Um well, I'm ha- very happy to be here uh, to share. I hope that anything I've mentioned or shared today that will be of any use to you. And uh, if you have any further questions in the field, just feel free to re- reach out to me. I think I'm in the WhatsApp chat. Um, yeah, happy to share. Yeah, and uh, our friend, if you have any question, further questions, you can Uh, join our uh, study group in the WhatsApp group. Vanessa is there, and then will become the source of knowledge regarding the 4PL best practice. So, if you have any question, feel free yeah, to uh, ask directly to Vanessa in our study group WhatsApp. Thank you again, Vanessa, for uh, joining the session tonight and then sharing your knowledge about the 4PL best practice to us and uh, this is a uh, very very helpful for us thank you again Vanessa and have a good night thank you bye yeah goodbye okay our friend enabling supply chain management thank you for joining our uh, session tonight and that's all from Vanessa explaining about a very interesting topic about 4PL best practice especially in DHL so if you want to know more about discussion regarding the supply chain management and another topic we will have a fresh topic every week so make sure you subscribe our channel and then join our whatsapp study group so stay healthy and then have a good evening for you and have a good weekend goodbye